listen to Mark and Neanderthal when you get to work with the free KSLX app. Sounds good and loud. Huh? 100.7 KSLX. 480-470-KSLX phone number. If you want to share some uh, uh, memories of uh, a departed movie star. Well, yeah, Charles Grodin died yesterday. Yes, very, yeah. very, um, very sad. I was not a huge fan of his work, although his work was pretty extensive. I will tell you, one of the things that's interesting, Mark and I are very different people, as you know, if you listen every morning. But the first thing when we first met as friends that I knew that we were going to be find out was we found out our favorite movie was the same movie. Yeah, I mean, I... Second, I will, it's your I second say, favorite movie. I'll say one of my favorites. Yeah. It's, I, I love Midnight Run. Yeah. It's a great movie. Yep. Um, he and De Niro... That's a weird combination. Yeah, but it's one, it would of, work, one but. of the great buddy movies. You know, in the typical buddy movie, they don't get along at the beginning. They find right. something in common. They become, right. they respect each other. They become friends. Blah blah blah. Yeah, it's a typical thing. But uh, the interesting thing about it was Charles Grodin was eighty six years old. Eighty six. And our producer Guido pointed out to us, Jerry Lee Lewis is younger than Charles Grodin. Jerry Lee Lewis's name came up yesterday, and we were wondering if he was still alive. He is. He's only 85. And only a, 85. And he's about five months younger than Charles Grodin was. That's How impossible. did that happen? That's not possible. <laughs> it can't be possible. It's the truth. The idea that Charles Grodin was older than Jerry Lee Lewis, who, I, I mean, this is a prime example of what we talked about with Rick Ocasek and a couple other guys that, you know, they take they shave some years off. It's common thing, common practice in Hollywood as well, actors pretending to be younger than they really are. Yeah. Um, there's no, think about this for a second. When did Jerry Lee Lewis really hit? Mid fifties, 1955, 56, yeah. somewhere around there. All right. He was born in 35. He would have been 20, he 19, 19, 20 years 20. old. Yeah. Was he that great a piano player at 19, 20 years old? Was he, I mean, I thought but he, he was, I thought he was in his mid twenties when he hit. There weren't that many competitors. That's the thing back then. If that you was got him the, and Fats Domino. If you got there first. You had a great shot of being famous. Him, Fats Domino, Little Richard. That's pretty much, that was the, yeah. that was the entire spectrum of piano players back in the 50s. But Little Richard was, was older. Fats Domino was older. There was no way that Jerry Lee Lewis is younger, younger than, than Charles, Charles Grodin. Grodin. Apparently, he is, if you are to believe Wikipedia, and who wouldn't? Right, exactly. If it's on the internet, <laughs> you know it's true. I told you this story, Paul. Yes, I'm not, but I'm not going to tell anybody the answer to the story. Because we want to see if you can guess the answer to this question. I'm going to protect the business. Is yeah. What I'm do. yeah. So I, we were out with some friends recently, and they were telling us about a neighbor of theirs mm-hmm. who is an extremely skilled woodworker. Guy can do anything with wood. All right. Yeah, that's cool, man. No, I mean, I you see people that do that. They're, they're, that's a talent. I have a neighbor like that, too. Yeah. Always in there sawing wood. He's, he's really skilled. And there's nothing better than the smell of fresh cut wood, man. That smells great. This guy's always doing it. Yeah. This is, okay, so friends or a neighbor of our friends. And he recently created something for himself that I don't think I've ever heard of anybody ever doing before. I told you about it. I think you had this sort of same impression. It was yeah. Little unusual, but I did think it was. Um, I, I thought it was very practical. Okay, I, I think practical well, is a good answer. See, the thing is, we <clears throat> we 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 talked to some people off the air and got their reaction when we told them what this guy made, and we got different kinds of reactions. Sure, uh, you know what? If, if if you've got the skills and and you want a, a specific design, then uh, I guess that's kind of normal. I don't think that's too weird. Right. Well, I, yeah, I, I would disagree. I do think it's very weird, but I do think it's practical. And yeah, we got this other reaction. Ooh, that is a little weird. Mm-hmm. Kind of creepy. Yep. Okay. I agree. So the question is, 
What did this man make? He's a highly skilled woodworker. Okay. And he made something. I already know the answer, so I, I, I'm not going to be able to play the game here and, like, tease you in the way that... Yeah. I mean, I can protect the business, but I already know how this is going to turn out, at least from our end. So... You should give us a call at 480-470-KSLX. Take your guesses as to what this skilled woodworker made. Yeah, I'm curious to see if anybody lands on this, because it is highly unusual. I, I, I would say so. Again, unusual and yet practical. was going to be a difficult question, but uh, it turned out to be kind of an easy question. So I've got friends who have a neighbor who is a very skilled woodworker, mm-hmm. and he, he just made something for himself, and he was showing everybody in the neighborhood this item that he had made, and, you know, we described it a little, didn't describe it, but we, we, we had some early reactions to people who were not on the air, but we, we aired their reactions. I will tell you, um, showing it to everybody in the neighborhood is a little bit of a humble brag. Well, you want to show your skill, right? He's a would, very skilled woodworker. I guess so. So, uh, yeah, there were there were a lot of a lot of good guesses. I'm guessing it's a coffin. All right, <laughs> you're a coffin. Well, I, we, we didn't expect it. Number one answer. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what tipped you off? Just the reactions, what people were saying. Like, oh, the guy's like, oh, it sounded like it was weird. It's like I think it's cool. <laughs> Yeah, I would too. I I, I actually, I do think it's pretty cool. Uh, And again, practical because coffins are damn expensive. Well, it is cool. In fact, it's mighty cold down there. (laughs) Six feet under. (laughs) So, you know, that was one of the reactions. The next guy, same deal. Did he make his own coffin? (laughs) (laughs) He did. Have you ever heard of anybody doing this? No, and it's scary. (laughs) Scary? Scary. I'm not sure. It's it's odd. Yeah. Mark and Neander Paul, what did he make? Uh, coffin? Yeah. Everyone has got it right. Everyone. <laughs> we haven't had a wrong answer yet. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Mark and Neanderthal, what did he make? Electric chair. <laughs> wow. Okay. We, we almost had nobody get it. He's a skilled, he's a, he's he's a skilled a woodworker. woodworker, not an electrician. A woodworker. Well, uh, but to be fair, for the most part, the electric chair that was used in the Green Mile was wood. True. You know, True. Got, yeah. We got this one. Is it possibly a toilet seat? No. It was no. the coffin. It was the a guy coffin. made his own coffin. Which, by the way, <clears throat> could save you anywhere from four to forty thousand dollars. It's coffins can be over ten grand. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, coffin is somewhere between you know. Uh, three and eight thousand dollars. If you just want to go the cheapo route, uh, around four thousand dollars. Remember the Kiss coffin years ago? Those, I do. Those were four grand. Uh, it's actually reasonable when yeah. you start looking at things. Yeah, the, the guitar player from uh, from the band Pantera was buried in one of those. Gene Simmons. Wow. Gene Simmons donated it out of the goodness of his own heart. Oh, I'm sure nice. it wasn't a, at all not a promotional. For publicity, no, no, not at all. Uh, yeah. Donated it there, and then uh, the most expensive coffin on record was Zsa Zsa Gabor, who had a twenty four karat gold plated coffin for forty k. Wow! Why would you bury that? Right, exactly. I mean, and, you're and, gonna you're gonna tempt people to come and dig it up. Grave robbing, yeah. I was. I'm, is she at that? What is that? Forest lawn? Is that where they they bury all the? Uh, I'm not sure. Is but, she dead yet? I think well, one of, the, one of them. Are they is, both yeah. dead. Both the Gabors both, are dead. They're both gone. I all right, yeah. yeah. Uh, but forty thousand dollars for a gold plated coffin. That's, that's uh, a lot of money. What are you big time on us? <laughs> Absolutely. It's the final big time, is what that is. So uh, okay, then that was a, a neighbor of a friend who had who had built his own coffin. Very unique. You think he's starting his own? Like, is that going to be a side hustle? Building Could, coffins for people? Hell, you can make some really really good money. I would Although now so. the cost of lumber is high. Yes. So yeah. that might that might cut into your profit. Cuts margin into your profit there. margins. Yeah.
right, here's a question. All if, right. if Freddie Mercury had lived next door to you, just a regular guy still working at the airport like in the beginning of the movie. Okay. All right. And you didn't know his first name. What might you nickname him to amuse yourself? Uh, Cowcatcher? Yeah. yeah. Choppers? Choppers, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jaws. And thus, yeah. that brings us to this portion of the program. Well, now, who are the people in your neighborhood? The people that you meet each day. That's the wrong thing. <laughs> Sorry. This is supposed to say neighbors. Neighbors. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. All right, so uh, neighborhood nicknames. This is the portion of the uh, show where we try to bring everybody closer together, make the world a smaller place. For example, you've got some people that live in your neighborhood. They behave in a certain way. They look in a certain way. They present themselves in a certain way. And you've never met them. You don't know their real name. But you have to describe them to somebody that's never met them. For example, the guy that uh, in my neighborhood that was involved in a drunk driving accident we talked about a couple of weeks ago where he sideswiped a couple of cars and then drove his car. I've got a new nickname for him. He will now, from this day forward, be known as Grotto. Oh. And because Grotto is like, if you've ever seen the old, any movies that that take place in the Playboy Mansion in the Grotto area where, you know, everybody is swimming in the pools. Usually it's beautiful women swimming in the pools. There's always a light in the pool and you can see the waves sort of uh, uh, dancing in the air, reflecting off the walls and stuff. Grotto lives down the other end of the alley and I hear him every night, late night, making a bunch of noise. So I go out and, you know, I let the dogs out and I look down the alley and I can see the reflection of the light and the waves in the trees in his backyard. So he's now Grotto. Okay. Yeah. And, I, and he's got a severe drinking problem. Late night pool user. Yes, yeah. yeah. Well, so, so he's, a, I'm eventually going to have to call him Natalie Wood. <laughs> All right. Too you, soon? You've got a nickname? Absolutely. We call them uh, Stinky and Sticks. Stinky and Sticks? <laughs> Why is that? Uh, well, one of them sweats a lot, and, and the other one's super skinny. <laughs> and uh, do they live next door to you or down the street? Uh, down the street. Boy, Thank that's you. a problem. You St- can tell if you yeah. can name Stinky down the street. Well, not, you know, the funny thing is she didn't say he smelled. He could be just sweaty. So maybe sweaty in sticks is more accurate. That has a that has a laurel and hardy connotation to it, I think. <laughs> so I think a little bit. There you go. A couple of neighborhood nicknames for you. We always take them. 480-470-KSLX. And you know you've got them in your neighborhood. Well, now, who are the people in your neighborhood? The people that you meet each day. It was around this time yesterday we were discussing a very, very unique situation uh, traffic-wise. The uh, 202 East is at Higley's. There's a small plane on the freeway. In yeah. case you missed that, small plane on the freeway. Yes. In the left lane By the way, 202 third, around Higley. Third one in a month. Crazy. Third one in a month here and in the valley. Just to follow up, you know, you drive by those kinds of situations and you're like, why? Why? Why is this happening? <laughs> well, you know, we, we've talked about this before. Uh, we didn't get really deeply into it, but it's like, you know, if you're backed up in traffic, there better be a damn good reason. Right. Yeah. And, and this is a situation where, um, well, the simplest answer is the answer. They ran out of gas. 
Oh. Uh, did, where, now, do we know where they landed? By the way, you say late. They, how many were in the plane? Uh, there were two people in the plane. Oh, so no HOV violation? No. All right, cool. No, no ticket on that one. All right, well, that's good. Well, that's that good. is that, good. That's, that's, look, see, yeah, f- plane fuel is is expensive <laughs> enough. Last thing you want is a $400 ticket for being in the fast lane. Yeah, but yeah, yeah she said it was in the HOV lane, so it was the, uh, they were, there was a plane in the fast lane. A plane in the fast lane, Kind of like say. the Eagles. Yeah. Okay, then. Plane in the fast lane. Someone didn't fill the tank. Plane in the fast lane. Oh, boy. Plane in the fast lane. For this traffic, we know who to thank. Plane in the fast lane. Well, I, I, That's kind of what it was. It, it, sort of like that? Kind of. Uh, okay, then. I'm going to go with it. Okay. All right, you ready? Plane in the fast lane. Gonna make me late for work. Plane in the fast lane. Seriously? <laughs> Playing in the fast lane. Can you believe this selfish jerk? Playing in the fast lane. Come on, get out of the way. You got to be careful as yeah, you're driving so, by. Yeah. You could clip a wing. Understand. You could clip a wing. Yeah, no, you're right. A little sad this morning because Charles Grodin passed away. Yeah. And Charles he, Grodin. And we talked about this earlier. Um... He was older than Jerry Lee Lewis. <laughs> and I got to be honest with it, held up much better. I saw a recent picture of him, and he was, he was 86 yeah. years old. and Had cancer. He had cancer, yeah. and I think it was, I don't know, it was colon, colorectal cancer, something like that. But, mm-hmm. I mean, look, he's 86. It's, it's time at that point. I mean, you know. Well, you, it's you, not necessarily time, but it's not it's unusual. Understandable. Yes, yes, totally. It's understandable. Yeah, you don't ever want to wish ill will upon anybody, and especially not Jonathan Mardukas. No, Jonathan, that's his greatest role in my mind. Because, I, I agree, yeah. And, and that is from Midnight Run, which him and De Niro in that, it's it's a you know a buddy caper. De Niro's the bounty hunter yeah. who's hired to bring back the good-hearted, well-meaning mob Ac- accountant. Yes. Played by Charles Grodin. And, yes. And, of course, everything goes wrong. On this, on this, what's supposed to be a midnight run, supposed to be overnight, and he's back with him. Yep, everything goes wrong. Yeah, so. and, and it's and, and it's fun. It's kind of like in the same spirit of Forty Eight Hours and some of those. Yes, other it's a buddy sort of movie. weird buddy movie. Yeah. You know, two two completely different characters coming together and finding common ground. And and, it, and it's and to me, um, I, I, again, it was the movie for me that relaunched Robert De Niro's career as a comedic actor. Yeah. Now, do you have, were you able to find that clip yeah. in there? Okay, yeah, so this it. this is, a, I, I love this. They, they run out of money, of course. And they're, right? in the, they're in the middle of like Arkansas or Oklahoma. So they got to go in and they got to con this yokel bar owner out of money that he's got in his register with a bogus test to test for counterfeit money going on. Yeah, they're pretending to be their members from the... Uh, uh, pretending uh, to be FBI agents. FBI agents to try and find the counterfeiters in the neighborhood. Do the litmus configuration. You're doing the litmus configuration? Litmus configuration. Yes. <laughs> Would you describe exactly what the last man who passed the $20 bill to you looked like? 30, tall. About six feet tall? Six five. Dark brown hair. Light colored. Sounds like our man. That's no. him. We're going to have to take these bills for evidence. I love that. That's him. Yeah, that's him. yeah. that sounds like our man. That's him. Yeah, that's at the point where they've decided to work together. A little bit earlier in the movie, yes. they're just getting to know each other, and it doesn't go well. Let me ask you this. Why is it you haven't seen them in nine years? Why? Yeah. Just to get you off my back, I'll tell you why. She married a police lieutenant, and I'm not very popular with the Chicago Police Department, okay? Why aren't you popular with the Chicago Police that's Department? That's a whole other... What, do we know each other? Why? <laughs> why? What did you do? Why aren't you popular with the Chicago Police Department? That's something that really doesn't concern you. She hurt you, Janet? Yeah. 
I'm sorry. What are you sorry about? I'm sorry you're hurt. I'm not hurt. You just said you were hurt. I'm not hurt. You just said you were I hurt. I didn't say I was hurt. You said I was I hurt. I asked you if you were hurt, and you said, yeah, I'm hurt. That's because you, you made me say it. You're starting to put words in my mouth. Jack, you're a grown man. You have control over your own words. You're damn right I do. So here come two words for you. Shut the f*** up. <laughs> That's such a great... <laughs> That's actually four words. Yes. Math is terrible. Yep. I, that is, I mean, let's face it. Therein lies the brilliance of Abbott and Costello. That sort of back and forth yeah. quick. I mean, it's such a brilliant movie. Uh, and surprisingly, he was in a lot of other bigger movies. He was in, he was in All a movie. All the Beethoven movies. The Beethoven movies. Charles Grodin was. Clifford. Yeah. And uh, he was in a bunch of other movies. But that's the one, for whatever reason, that resonates amongst me and all of my friends. Yeah. And he was also, he got his real big launch in a movie called The Heartbreak Kid, where he's on his honeymoon yeah. and falls in love with another woman. That can create problems. I, can it? It can. I did not know that. You can see it in the movie. It's like a documentary on those types of situations. Uh, I, did, I did not know, yeah. Yes. It's we, actually a bad knockoff of The Graduate is essentially what it is. Because uh, he was supposed somewhat, to be up for that yeah. role and he got passed yep, over. he did get passed so over they for that said, role. So they said, hey, let's just make a movie similar to it and we'll, we'll put you in this one. Very young Sybil Shepard. How about All that? Right. Tales of stupidity, oh, they are abundant. And that's why we present the Mark and Neanderthal dumbass of the day. Yeah, a little over a week ago on Tuesday, 42-year-old Jeff Hawley. He's old enough to know better. Oh, yeah. He's making some bad decisions here. Jeff's from Deltona, Florida. Of course he is. Maybe he's not old enough to know better because well, no, he lives in Florida. Because Florida is Florida. <laughs> Florida makes you stupid. Yep. While driving down the road, Jeff bumped another car. Oh, wait, and, what? Yep, as, as the other car pulled over expecting to exchange insurance information as you do oh is this one of those bump things to try and rob somebody no no this wasn't oh. no as the guy pulled over jeff was like i'm not sticking around here oh so it's a bump and run and he floored it that's big in football by the way the bump and run yep sadly jeff forgot about that uh you know that red and green thing and what each means when you're at the light and he uh-huh. wound up running a red light it's christmas time and that's how Jeff hit another car. Oh, boy. This time doing some some serious damage to the other vehicle as it rolled and hit a pole. The driver is is apparently okay. That's great news. Jeff's truck got all messed up in this, too. Okay. Because, okay? you know, he's running a red light. The other guy is coming through the yeah. green light. Yep, yep. Uh, among other things, a busted-out windshield is what happened to Jeff's truck. And Wow. That, you have to hit something pretty hard for that to happen. Yeah. And uh, that was Jeff's escape hatch. Oh. Yeah. He got right. out and was on the run on foot. But it didn't matter because Jeff had left something behind. Go ahead and take a guess as to what it was. Uh, his wallet? His wallet with his identification in it, yes. So police did eventually track Jeff down. He was hiding under a pool deck a couple of blocks away. Not only stupid, but lazy, too. Sure. He's like, I think I've run far enough yeah, for now. Yeah, the pool deck is good. At least, you know, if he's tired and exhausted, he can always dip in the pool, too. <laughs> yes, exactly. So he's got that going for him. Yep, which, which is, is nice. nice. Yeah. Um... As you may have guessed, Jeff's bad decisions didn't start with these vehicular mishaps. No. Uh, For one, he had been driving on a suspended license. Mm -hmm. Always a nice cherry on top of the Sunday. And why not? Also had outstanding warrants for failure to appear for hearings on both child neglect and heroin possession. Wow. Florida man. Yeah. Florida man on a Wednesday. Beautiful. I bet the child neglect and heroin possession are related somehow. Yeah. Why would you give your kid heroin? Uh, So... Maybe Jeff's decision to run was, was was about the only decision he could make in yeah. that situation. I mean, it might have been the smartest decision of all the bad decisions he's made. Yep. I mean, I'm not saying, but I'm saying. <laughs> well, these are the kinds of choices you have when you are the Mark and Neanderthal dumbass of the day. Hey, this is 
take the snake, Roberts. And man, that was a beautiful story you just told. And that story was sponsored by Roadrunner Harley Davidson. They're at 159th Avenue and McDowell in Goodyear, now open. Another another plane landing on a freeway here in the valley. And uh, if you read about it, you saw that the the small plane landed. Nobody was hurt, drivers or pilots. That's great to know. There were two passengers. Pe- there were two people in this one, so they were legally allowed to be in the HOV lane, <laughs> yes, which is good. Exactly. It's also the third uh, third plane landing in the valley in a month. Yeah. So the guy who owns it wasn't even in the plane. The guy who owns the plane, he had given it to somebody else to use for flight lessons. It's a big ask, don't you think? I- I don't, you know, I don't know. Maybe there was a, maybe there was compensation involved. I would hope so, because you know, jet, you know, plane fuel is very expensive. Well, but I'm sure you pay for your own fuel. I yeah, mean, I mean, but can you imagine? Oh, hey, Mark, uh, can I borrow your plane? I'm gonna have to think about that. Yeah, it's a big ask. I mean, that's you know, it's always a, a risk when you lend somebody something. I mean, the uh, the list is very long. I, I imagine uh, our phone number is four eight zero four seven zero KSLX. Think about this question for a moment. Have you ever been sorry that you loaned somebody something? Oh yeah, uh, you know, right? Oh yeah. I mean, no, stuff immediately deal, comes yeah. to mind. I, I can mean, th- I can think of albums of mine that have been ruined. I will tell you, when I was married, um, my ex wife was not allowed to take music out of out of my office. You wouldn't loan her a I, CD. I wouldn't loan her a CD. I would say, "What is it?" And I would burn her a copy. Or buy her a copy because, and I'll tell you why, because I was, oh, I, I can figure it out because <clears throat> I yeah. was tired of coming home from work, walking up the driveway and looking over and seeing on the passenger <laughs> side of her car, you know, one of my, a, a CD from a band that was out of print. Like, let's say it's, uh, you know, the original pressing of, of dark side of the moon, you know, like okay. the, the gold disc version of it or whatever it is. And it's on the passenger side of her seat, baking in the sun and not in the and case, not in the case, yeah, just, yeah. just laying uh, there and stuff. So I would be like, okay, wh- you, which, which CD do you want? I'll burn you a copy. Okay. Guido's flagging us down. Now, what, what do you, you got? What do you got? All right. So uh, I, I don't want to badmouth my sister, my sister too much, but <clears throat> go ahead. Have uh, it. What's a loner? Uh, yeah. So I, I let her use the season on DVD of Weeds, and uh, the it, season it, or, or or the yeah, entire it, collection. It, it comes with multiple discs. It's oh, okay. one season. All right. Has several episodes on each disc. All right. I get it back. She's like, "Oh, thanks." I'm I'm like, "Cool, yeah, anytime." And then I find out. Disc six of eight is missing. <laughs> All right. Which and probably I, has I, two episodes on it, right? Four. Four episodes. Oh. I'm, I'm like, okay, so that's a major plot point. Yeah. You know, a lot of I'm stuff happens gonna, in there. I'm not going to know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's and like then, loaning somebody a book and they tear out chapter seven through 12. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, yeah. another DVD rental that I gave my sister, uh, she <laughs> she sent back without the disc in the, sure. the case. Yeah. And that was a rental. Just a completely empty case. And that was a rental, so you had to bring it back at some point. And, yeah. yeah. Well, I was really strict on when to return it. <laughs> and uh, yeah. yeah. There, yeah. there were okay. no did, late did, fees. Did she have no late fees? She didn't have any late fees, but... Yeah. Yeah. Now, all right. now I'm out, Ricky Bobby. Uh, <laughs> oh no! I have no. an empty, empty case. So you're no, no Talladega Nights. Sad, sad times. Un- unforgivable. Sad. Yeah. I would. Uh, emancipation is in your future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what Ricky I would say. Bobby. Yep. No Ricky right. Bobby for you. So the uh, phone number is four eight zero four seven zero KSLX. There, there's the question. Tell us about a time you're sorry that you loaned somebody something. When I was a kid. I loaned my buddy Don some cocaine, and I never got it back. Really? No. What did he do, just snort it or something? Yeah, just so rude.
That is rude. I'm not sure I really wanted it back, though. I never would have expected him no. to do that. Yes. Imagine that. Cocaine people who don't share. <laughs> Irresponsible. The plane that landed on the freeway yesterday was, I, I, for lack of a better term, a loner in some way. The guy who owns it wasn't using it. He had given it, let somebody else use it to give flight instructions. So, Do you ever loan something and never get it back? Yeah, yeah. Right. I, I can think of a CD, actually. Mm-hmm. And I asked, you know, I, I loaned it to a buddy. I said, hey, do you have that CD? He goes, oh, I gave it back to you. Like, I, I, I know, you know, it's like, what can you do? Because I know he didn't because yeah, I don't yeah. have it. I don't have it in the alphabetized spot where That's it would be. That's the tough part, yeah. I mean, and for right. us, for, for, for people that do what we do for a living, um, the OCD is strong. It when, really is. When I was a teenager, I had bought Neil Young's Decade album, which was a triple album. Right. So it was a lot of money. Right. I loaned it to a friend, came back with a huge etched scratch in it. And I found out it was his little brother, and he had done it to several of us who loaned this guy albums. Because there was wow. like an etch, a new etching wow. tool that his dad was using in the garage. So. Yeah, yeah, okay, sure. Yep. All right, well, have at it. Have at it with that. 480-470-KSLX. Yeah, it's funny. When you own a pickup truck, everybody thinks that yeah. you're U-Haul and that uh, you're going to loan it out for them to move yep. or whatever. And I, I did it one time, and it came back with extra dents and scratches. So if that happens anymore, it's like I, you don't get my truck without me. Yeah, that's the problem, though. Yeah, that's then, then you become yeah. now. Now you are U-Haul. Not only do they get the truck, they get the back and the and the knees. Yeah, the truck is the truck is still yeah. U-Haul, but now you're working for yeah, U-Haul. Now, now, you, now you're one guy in a truck. Yep. <laughs> uh, bye. All right. See you later. That would be a common one, right there. Yeah. No, I mean I know this because I've I've owned pickup trucks for yeah. the better part of 25 years. Here's one. I, I had a buddy years ago here in town. He had an extra car. It was kind of his junker. Right, right, sure. His, his beater car. The hoopty. And there was a guy he was working with who was kind of down on his luck, was was taking a bicycle to work, you know, was really, really down. So the guy loaned him his vehicle, said, you know, use it for however long you need it. Less than a week later, and this is here in Phoenix, less than a week later, the Tucson police call my friend and say, uh, we found a car abandoned on a street down here in Tucson that's registered to you. Oh, boy. And that's how that's how that a tradition of lending the vehicle stopped for that guy. I borrowed a car from a friend of mine, a guy named Dave, and um, I used it. I used to use it to go back and forth to my girlfriend's house at the time, and because I didn't, my car was was down. And Dave and I got into an argument at a bar, and I still had his car. Um, and I drove the girl home, and I spent the night at her house. Woke up the next morning, the car was gone. Dave was so pissed that he and a friend drove to her house you know, like 40 miles away from his house, mm-hmm. grabbed the car and took it home and stranded me there. Well, <laughs> and Dave I pro- wasn't I probably, taking any chances. Yeah, I, and I certainly wasn't going to screw with his car. I mean, it was a, it was a minor argument, but, you know, yeah. it, stuff like that happens. All right, so if you can think of some time you've been sorry you loaned somebody something, you've definitely got a story about that. Yes, I lent a kid an A-track tape once. <laughs> it was a championship game that I was coaching Little League Baseball at the time. And it was a doubleheader that we won the championship. And I lent it to him, and he never gave it back to me 30 years ago. And I'm still PO'd about it. Yep. His one moment of athletic glory, managing a team to a championship, put it on a video. Yeah. Can't get that anywhere else. Nope. 
right? No. Nope. Um, I did find my uh, my high senior year high school Thanksgiving Day football game on YouTube. Somebody uploaded it to YouTube, so that was kind of neat. That's pretty cool. Because right? I never had that. Here's one. Anthony says, uh, this past weekend, a friend of mine lent another friend who was a current NFL player. You're friends with an NFL player? What, what are you, you big-timing big us? Lent this NFL player a custom high-end motorcycle for the weekend. Oh, boy. Sure as heck, the guy dumps the bike doing about 30 miles an hour. Yep. He wasn't hurt. That's good. The bike was. That's not. Another one here. I love this story. Okay. Guys, I know you're going to make fun of this, but it's worth telling. All right. My friend was going to a Cowboys game. Okay. And he asked me to borrow my Troy Aikman jersey. That seems more suitable for, I don't know, cleaning a, a birdcage or <laughs> exactly. maybe maybe dealing with your dog having puppies. You want to put right. that meat there so you right. can catch the, yeah. No, that's that's what it's made for, actually. I would think but, so, yeah. You know, some, people, think it wasn't a, some people wear them. Yeah, yeah. the Tony Romo jersey would have just dropped it repeatedly. <laughs> so and, and, and injured his shoulder while wearing it. <laughs> well, he knew we were going to make fun of it. So. Of course, and we are. So uh, he goes, a friend of mine's going to a Cowboys game asked me to borrow my Aikman jersey. I gave it to him. So I figured I'd get it back in a few days. Well, I didn't. So I called him asking about my jersey. He said, hey, give me a few days because I want to wash it before I bring it back to you. Uh Uh-oh. Never a good sign. Well, yeah, or a good sign. You know, you got a good friend wants to, you know, wants to get the sweat out, whatever. Sure. Well, a few days later, no jersey. I call him again and ask him for it. He says, I'll bring it over later today. The guy never shows up. Two weeks later, I see him at a bar wearing my jersey. Oh, no. I went up to him and say, what the hell? Why are you wearing my jersey? And he said, well, I figured you wouldn't mind if I kept it. (laughs) And the guy obviously did mind. He said, we had a little scuffle. I was able to tear the jersey off him over his head. We are no longer friends. I have my jersey. Over a Troy Aikman jersey. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Imagine if it, you know, Troy Aikman was a great quarterback, but imagine if it was for a good team. I know. Man. Yeah. Uh, the idea, just the idea that you would end your friendship over a Troy Aikman jersey is well, ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Actually, that's over the guy's, the guy's complete lack of consideration for his friend. That's really what it's they're, about. They're, you're not really friends. That just, you know what that does? It speaks ill of all Cowboy fans. Or is it just <laughs> the kind of people you encounter who like the Cowboys? You know, yeah. And this guy, you know, obviously Cowboy fans are the worst. Oh, but, but this guy, Mark, he's a cool dude. And the other guy... He was bad. Yeah. That's terrible stuff. Sounds diametaceous to me. (laughs) That is diametaceous. Good morning. Listen to Mark and the Interpol when you get to work with the free KSLX app. 100.7 KSLX.